Today, answers matter more than ever before. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage customer questions with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to work for any industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash Watson Assistant. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Welcome in on the tee here with Anita Marks, John Muscari, and Christina Thompson, and a lot to talk about. We welcome you in. Again, this is 98.7 ESPN, our podcast series. I want to say, guys, I want to say this is what, our third or fourth golf podcast Yeah. so far this season? So that's pretty cool. Uh, first and foremost, how's everybody doing, hopefully healthy and safe in uh, dealing with this pandemic? Yes, we all good? We're good. good. Uh, okay. Back, back to work. Things are getting busy again. It's golf season, so uh, back to a, a grind, and it's been uh, it's been a busy couple of weeks, so things are changing fast here in Jersey. That's right. Christina, of course, owner of uh, Golf for Her, and she's got a shop in Denville, and since uh, golf is active, and as I like to say, active and attractive again, you always play better when you look better on the golf course. Um, I'm sure that uh, your dance cart is full, and then, of course, John Mascari, head pro at Alpine Country Club. And with the weather that it's been so nice as of late, John, I mean, like, I can't even imagine. You must be so busy. They are packed. Uh, sun up to sundown. Every tea time is full. Members are using the club. Every member seems to be able to get out here and play. It's great to see everyone. The golf course is absolutely perfect. And I say that. I've been keeping it up. That's why. <laughs> well, we've, we've been able to keep golfers off it for a few months, so it's uh, – it's in really good shape. The greens are running at about a 13 right now. So Steve and our grounds crew has done a great job getting ready. But uh, it's great to see everyone. You know, as, as weird as that sounds, we're, I'm a social person. I, it's just good to see people smiling and enjoying themselves, even though we're here. No, I mean, you're, abs- you're absolutely right. I mean, you know, I've, I've teed it up four times so far this season. Every time it's been at Skyway. Um, golf course, you know, I, I talk about it a lot on our show. I, I feel that it's Jersey City's best kept secret. Little nine hole links course. It's an unbelievable condition. And a big reason why, John, is the staggering now in regard to tee times every 16 minutes. This is the rule now in New Jersey. So, you know, I, I mean, I, I know it's kind of frustrating for courses because they're not going to be able to make as much money, but the courses are going to stay in much better shape for much longer because of it. One that we've you know noticed is granted sixteen minutes is a good amount of time between groups. We usually run at a ten minute interval at Alpine, so the pace of play has been fantastic. Obviously, we've had two sums up until this week, so that certainly has helped. But now that we're going into foursomes, people are still playing at a good pace. Um, the stuff with not raking bunkers, leaving the flag stick in, uh, playing ready golf—all these things are helping the pace of play. Really? So Do you think that people are going? are literally going to play faster than than regular? Or, I mean, are you thinking just like the overall like time it yeah. takes to run a golf is going to be staggered out so it's going to be a more enjoyable round for everyone? Oh, people are playing faster. And, and you have to remember this as well. It's single rider golf carts. So right. it's your cart. You drive right to your ball and uh-huh. right to your – I don't have to drive over to Anita's ball in the rough and then over to my oh. ball I just go right to my ball. So that helps keep the pace of play. Already, already busting boobs. We're five minutes into the podcast and you're already busting boobs. Uh, I mean, I mean, all right. All right. Um, That's the truth. 
We're uh, we're really excited about this podcast. Uh, we have Mike Adams, who's going to be joining us. Who is he? Director of Instruction, um, a.k.a. known as the Swing Doctor at Medalist, where the match two is going to be played on Sunday. And John Mascari has been so kind to book Mike for the show, and he's going to be joining us in about five minutes. Also, David Berman, who oversees our chalk and our daily wager site um, at ESPN is going to join us to talk about Vegas and how much money Vegas made last week with the tailor-made skins match between Rory and DJ going up against Ricky Fowler and, and Matthew Wolf um, and what we can expect for the match too coming up on Sunday. But as we wait to hear from Mike Adams and he's going to break down medalists for us and what to expect on Sunday. Um, I now, John, you, you, you were not able to watch the skins match live. Were you because of work? Yes, I was uh, busy at work for the majority of the day, so just relied on social media and some highlights to, to see the winners and see how everyone's doing. But it looked like it was pretty entertaining. I mean, come on, it's live sports. Yeah. Well, here, here's and, and so Christina, you watched it. I'm assuming yeah. you and Mark watched it, right? Here, okay. Well, a few things I walked away with that I loved. I love that the dudes were wearing shorts. Totally. Number one, I love it because I mean. And I love it. They were carrying their own bags. Like, let's make this a li- let's make this a little athletic. Yeah, like, but you know, I'm going to tell you. I think DJ looked very uncomfortable carrying his bag. It's it was as if he didn't know how to do it. He had the strap over the wrong. <laughs> it was so awkward. <laughs> but I mean, did it? It did. It it did give you. Did, did it not, Christina? While you were watching it. Um, and I, I know that there's a lot of folks that are listening to this podcast right now and they're traditionalists and, and, but it gave you a sense of like, okay, this could be a little more athletic. This could be a little bit more of, of, of a, of a, a physical kind of element thrown into golf when you have to walk the course and you have to carry the bag over your shoulder as yeah. opposed to, you know what I mean? I just, and, 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 and the fact that they were wearing, it just, it, the fact they were wearing shorts, it gave it like a, and watching it, John, it gave it, like, a, a, a more cool vibe. Yeah, it felt as if we were watching, like, four guys playing a round of golf. You know, they showed up with their bags. They had no caddies. They you see a lot of kneecaps. Rory has incredible caps, by the way. I was very impressed with his caps. Um, but, you know, the guys were there. They had they were using range finders, which I thought was really interesting because you never see the guys using range finders. Um, and it was just, you know, there's a lot of – you know, smack talk happening. You had Rory, you know, uh, you know, throwing out some jabs at Wolf um, about, you know, winning his two FedEx Cups. So there was a lot of like back talking. It was, it was a lot of fun. I, I personally enjoyed watching these four guys play a, a round of golf that I think you would see if they just went out and played around together, like just four friends going out and playing golf. And it was really cool. I like seeing them wearing shorts. I love seeing them carrying the bags for sure. Um, trying to like do all the things that they have a caddy there to do. So it, it, it changed it up a little bit. It was, it was definitely um, enjoyable. I, there's a few things I could do without if they did this again, <laughs> but um, overall I thought it was, I, I give it two thumbs up. 2.35 million people tuned in um, and they raised uh, $5.5 million uh, to, uh, to, to help, of course, um, you know, each of their select um, COVID relief foundations, uh, American Red Cross or the CDC. What, what I found really, so this, so it was very interesting. I had money on, on Ricky Fowler the entire time. And, and, and of course, 
And well, not only because I like Ricky Fowler, but because he was the dog, you had more value in it. Okay. Now, with that being said, um, it came down like the final six skins pushed. And so like the final hole was worth $1.1 million. They tied. So then it went, it went, they went back to the par 317 closest to the pen. Now, didn't it look like Matt Wolf's ball was closer, Christina? And like, and like the way that it ended, it ended so abruptly, like they didn't go out there and measure it. Now, since, like, if nothing else, right? What'd you say, John? Measure it for the effect, like the, uh, let's go and then bring the measuring. I think it would be. So, so after, since then, what I've read is that Matt Wolf's putt was 18 feet away and Rory's putt was 13 feet away. But it was kind of like, it looked like Matt, it looked like Wolf's putt, Wolf's approach shot was closer. And then, and then the commentator said, well, Rory is pin high. And I'm like, so what if he's pin high? You gotta measure it. Like, and then all of a sudden it went to break and that was it. And yeah. I'm, and I'm sitting there a big fat loser going, wait a minute, you didn't measure. <laughs> so that's, that's how it ended for me on Sunday. Yeah. It was fun. It was, it was really a fun, uh, fun round to watch. I mean, have you seen any of the feedback? I mean, the, I've seen mixed. I've seen a few things. I saw, um, one of the LPGA players, Mel Reed, um, she had a, she had a point and she kind of got, um, lambasted because she had said, Hey, where were the women? Why don't we have some women out there too? So just been some interesting comments and feedback from the, uh, the event, but I hope they do it again. I think it was enjoyable. Good TV. Yeah I, I, <laughs> yeah. I thought it was great. I thought it was great. Um, and like I said, we're going to have uh, the match two uh, this coming Sunday. And again, that will be tiger whose partner will be Peyton Manning. And then Phil Jackson's partner will be Tom Brady. And we're waiting for Mike Adams to join us again. He is uh, the director of instruction at medalist where it'll be played. As soon as he jumps on board, we will dive into that <coughs> matchup. But here's another thing. Bless you, Christina. Um, so guys, let's talk about while we're waiting for, for Mike to join us, let's talk about some other PGA news. The, uh, the Charles Schwab tournament uh, at colonial, which is in Fort Worth, Fort Worth, Texas is, uh, is going to kick off, or I should say not kick off, but like restart the season on June 8th. And uh, there's there's a, a lot of information out there in regard to how the tournament is going to handle this. And I'm, I'm going to share this with you, uh, and then I'd like for us to have a discussion. So the idea, the concept, is to have these tournaments in these cities and try to create these bubbles where, like, not only the players, not only the golfers, but the caddies um, and the workers and the tournament officials and everybody will have masks, gloves, sanitizer, the whole thing. Um, also, testing. Now, apparently, everybody is, is, is going to be tested before they leave for the tournament. So they're going to be sent these home testing kits to test themselves before they head and arrive at the tournament. And then while they're at the tournament, they're going to be tested at least two times. And, 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 and they're going to be utilizing the nasal swabs, which, as we know, the results for those take 24 hours. That's not an immediate, that's not an immediate result. Just keep that in mind. That's, that's, that, let's shelf that for a conversation. Temperatures will be taken constantly. There will be a host hotel, possibly two. And again, everybody will be quarantined there. They're asking, even though apparently Texas restaurants are 50 or 25, anywhere between 25 to 50% capacity, 
They're still asking the golfers to not, to not, um, go to, not to go out to like go to the golf course, come back and stay in your host hotel, golf course and hotel, stay in this bubble. Don't go out. Um, also, uh, there's going to be charter flights that are going to be made available to the players, not only to go to this tournament, but then after this tournament, either to go home or, or go or, or go to the next stop. Um, also, in regard to taking temperatures, anybody who is over a 100.4 in regard to their temperature over 100.4 will immediately be sent home. No families on the course. You are allowed a swing coach, but if you do bring a swing coach, he's going to have to be tested as well, and they're going to have limited media. Huh. Uh, just to just, I mean, just to kind of give you an idea of of how different the tour is going to be, and and I and and I don't think just for this tournament. I, I think this is the way it's going to be possibly for the next year until we find a vaccine. So first and foremost, you know, John, I, I'd love for you to comment on on a lot of these. Um, rules and guidelines and stipulations that uh, are going to be a part of the tour now moving forward. It is, it, it, there's just so many moving parts to this. And you think about how many people are truly involved in the golf tournament. Between, not, not just the players and the caddies and this and that, but everyone who's involved from the television networks to the scoring, to the officials, to the representatives of the PGA Tour. And now you're going to put them all in one place. And then you're going to have in a centralized location, you've got the people at these hotels, and what happens if you're in contention and now you've got a fever? You're then, then no, then apparent, then apparently, wherever you are when you, wherever wherever you are ranked when you are out, whatever score you have and where you're ranked when you are out, it will be assessed at the end of the tournament. So you will still win. You so you will still win. You will not get DQ'd. So if I'm in first place after round three. What happens? And I come down with a fever. Am I done? Am I then you're then you're then you're done. You're removed. You're removed from the tournament. But they will equate some type of compensation, and I don't know how they're. I don't. It's above my pay grade. But they will equate some type of compensation for you based on that three day performance. I'm so nervous about all of this. Just the whole thought of it. I just find that there's so many moving parts with doing a tournament. It, this is competition. It's not a team play. So it's not like you have a replacement. These are individual athletes who are competing for their own winnings. I think that this is going to be more complicated. Should something happen where somebody is diagnosed or, you know, has a temperature or has an issue during play. So whatever the tour can do to ensure that every player is self-quarantined, literally traveling with their posse from point A to point B and back to C, I think that it's going to be, um, it could be an absolute disaster should something happen. Let's, let's look at it from a perspective of television, okay? Let's, back on air as quick as possible is going to be the biggest winner. Right? Here's an opportunity for golf. Who's going to watch this golf tournament other than people who really love golf? No, are you kidding me? I think a ton of people Every- are going to – everybody's going to watch. Are you kidding? A ton of people are going to watch it. I think a ton of people are going to watch it. But normally, yeah, you would not have a very big audience. So here's an, they're, they're salivating at the opportunity to get live sports on television. And they are jumping through every hoop they can to get and make it happen. And to your point, Christina, I'm, I'm nervous that it's not all going to work. Right. 
there's going to be a wrinkle put in or something's going to happen where it's like, the guy who's in the lead is on the sidelines. <laughs> right. I mean, it is the first, it's the first tournament. It is going to be the guinea pig of all future tournaments. And I would like, you know, I know we're having these, the, the match two this weekend coming up. So it'll be interesting to get another live event. I mean, they've starting to iron out all the kinks, I guess. So I'm glad they're doing this during these smaller, you know, televised golf events. But I hope by the time they get to an actual tour event like this, they, they're in better shape. So I, lo- I would have loved to see a little bit more happen, like, in another event, maybe a match play, maybe something that so much isn't on the line to figure out how to move players through the system with their caddies and all the other, you know, requirements with, you know, and just testing it out. So let's see how it works. I mean, I, I think it'll work, but I think we're going to have to, I don't know. i glad that stress isn't on my shoulders. <laughs> all right. Joining us on, uh, on the podcast is Mike Adams. Again, he's the director of, of instruction, a.k.a. the swing doctor at Medalist, where the big match, the match two, is going to be played. So, Mike, we're thrilled to have you on our podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. Yeah, we, we need – oh, there we go. Now we got you. Hi. How are you doing? I'm glad to be here. Fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us. All right, well, first and foremost, I mean – the world will be watching, and we just we hear whenever anyone talks about medalists, we hear just how difficult of a course it is. Why don't you break it down for some of our listeners? Well, it depends upon which tees they're going to be playing. If they're playing the Tiger tees, uh, it's going to be uh, a real pain. Like the first hole, it has a 283-yard carry over over garbage uh, to the fairway, and then you, it's. It's a 501-yard par four. The second hole is another. Hits it out of a shoot. Dog, slight dog leg to the right. 500-yard uh, par four. Uh, you drive it over a little water hazard. You got bunker all the way down the right side, and you hit the second shot over a water hazard to the green. And then the third hole is about a 520-yard par five, reachable with an iron. <laughs> so you go from. Two super hard par fours to a uh, easy par five. The only thing about the third hole is it's got a tiny little green, and uh, if you miss it, it's, it's tough. It's a tough up and down. So basically, uh, the Tiger tees uh, may give some light to a lot of the holes, but there's some there's some holes that can be got. Uh, the third hole is definitely a birdie hole. The fifth hole is a birdie hole. The sixth hole is one of the hardest par fours you ever play. Another 500 yard par four, dog leg slightly to the right, um, and a green that they buried four or five elephants in. Uh, seventh hole is a reachable par five. The eighth hole uh, is a par three that plays to about 230 yards. It's got water all the way down the right side, bunker, and then this real narrow, tiny green. The ninth hole is another 500 yard par five, par four. Ten is a funky hole. You got to hit iron off the tee. You're hitting it to a green that's uh, very, very undulating. Uh, if you fly it past the flag, it's going to go out the back door. It's an almost impossible up and down. If you fly it short, it backs off the green. So you have to hit it the exact right distance. But you're going to be basically it's a three word or an iron and a wedge. The eleventh hole is a drivable par four. If they take driver over the trees, they can knock it on the green. Or they can stand there and just hit, uh, you know, an iron and a little sand wedge into it. 12 is a hard par 3. 13 is a 640-yard par 5. 
and you have to keep it center to the left because um, it it tightens up. If you drive it down the right side, the trees get in the way and you can't you can't hit a second shot. You have to carve it a lot, so it's it's hard. Then it turns around with another drivable par four, but it's got water all, all the way down the left side. And then uh, basically the uh, 15th hole is a par five, par four that is uh, another 500-yard long hole. You have to keep the drive more right center because there's a uh, there's bunker all the way down the left side, but if you hit it uh, a little bit tugged, it's going in the water hazard, and you're going to make 12 on that hole. So you need to make sure and keep it uh, left center so it feeds back to the center. There's a bunker basically from 100, 120 yards out all the way around the green. Uh, that go, it cuts in front of the green and goes on the left-hand side. So uh, no matter where you – if you don't drive it right, you're coming over that bunker into the flag, and that green has got a lot of undulation. Uh, the 16th hole is a – one of the toughest par threes I've ever seen. It's 238 yards. Uh, it's basically total carry over water, and water goes up the left side. The um, the front of the green and the water, you can hit a ball in front of the green, it will kick in the water uh, just because of the way it's designed. The place you want to play this, this hole is there's two bunkers on the right, and you try to hit the ball – either in one of those bunkers or between the bunkers, and it'll kick towards the middle of the green. But you don't want to uh, get anywhere left of the flag so it's, or left of center. The 17th hole is a par 5. It's a, uh, it's, it can be reachable. But you don't really want to hit driver off the tee because there's a bunker in the middle, of the, uh, middle left of the fairway, and anything hit down the right side is going to kick into a hazard. So you're better off hitting three wood, at the bunker left, then hitting a hybrid up on top of the hill left, and then you're hitting to this tiny little green, which has uh, rounded corners. I mean, the uh, if you hit it short, it comes off the green and goes about 30 yards off. If you hit it left, it does the same thing. If you hit it long, it does the same thing. And if you hit it right, it kicks into the bunker. So you have to fly at the right distance. Uh, and then 18 – Tough, tough hole. Um, another 500-yard par four. Uh, drive it down the left side. Anything that there's water all the way down the right side in the bunker. And then the second shot, you're actually trying to miss the green to the left and let it feed onto the green. So basically, there are some holes that you can get to, but the uh, they've got some bears of far, some par five, par fours that are longer than two of the par fives. Mike, I think uh, what we gathered from that uh, discussion was that Anita's probably going to need about three or four dozen balls if she decides to play there. Um, what, what I want to ask you, Mike, and, and you've seen so many golf swings in your career, and, you, and you've had a chance to work with Tiger, and you've seen Phil. What can you tell us about Peyton and Tom and their golf swings? I haven't seen either one hit golf balls. Um, I think that Phil's going to struggle there. Um as much as good of competitors as Peyton and uh, Brady are, I think they'll they'll be lucky to break ninety. Seriously, even though both are, I mean they're going to play middle back, so it's going to be it's going to play about sixty eight hundred. And uh, the toughest part of that golf course is the greens are not real receptive to shots. If you hit hit in the wrong part of the green, it kicks off, and uh, they're tough up and downs. They're, the greens are going to be running about 13, 14, which they do on a daily basis. Um, they're not 
Uh, it's just uh, around the greens, they are tough. And then when you go back to the tiger tees, T-ball becomes vital because there's a lot of holes you have to hit driver on because of, uh, you got to hit it far enough out there so you can hit a middle iron uh, into the green. So uh, what tees they play uh, is going to depend upon uh, for Tiger and Phil. The other guys, they need to drive and play, and they need to shoot for the middle of the green, not try to get cute and try to get aggressive. Make the birdies in the short par fours, make the birdies in the short par fives. I, I heard that on hole number five, um, they're going to have a one-club challenge. Did you hear that? The fifth hole? Yeah, on hole number five, they're going to have a, a one-club challenge where they're only going to be able to play that hole with one club. Okay, well, then they got to play that from the front tee. The reason being is because uh, from the back tee, it's a 230-yard carry over water. So. <laughs> So what? So what? What club? What club would you? If you could only play that hole with one club, what? What would you? What would you pick? If I'm playing the middle tees, I'm going to hit a six iron off the tee, which is going to lead me a six iron into the green. And if I miss the uh, around the green, I can uh, use a six iron to get it up and down. If they're playing back, can't hit six iron because you can't clear the water. <laughs> Interesting. What would you? What do you think? Pardon. What would, Anita, what would you use if you were going to use one club? What would be your go-to club there? I my my favorite my favorite club is my five wood. Okay, so uh, they'll play that front. How far do you find your five wood? One eighty, one ninety. Okay, then that'll clear from the middle tees. That that'll be you can clear with that. Yeah, so I'd probably use my five wood. Um, and it'll leave you a five wood in. Now the problem is you got to chip and putt with that club. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, there's a bunker on the right. If you hit it on the right hand side of the green, it's going to kick in the bunker. The, the, the front of the green and the left of the green have uh, are elevated and rounded. So anything that hits on those sides are going to uh, carry them off the green. So, it's Mike, let, Mike, let me let me ask you this: Considering that this is Tiger's, would you is this an accurate statement that Tiger has played medalist more than any of the other three? Oh, without a doubt, not even close. So how much of an advantage is that for Tiger and, and Team Tiger? Three shots. Three, three shots, shots against Phil. Yep. It's three to three and a half shots. And uh, Tiger can also tuck uh, his partner around the golf course. Peyton's played there before. I don't Unless Brady's played there in the last week, he hadn't played there. But uh, Peyton's played there about uh, ten times probably. In fact, it was funny because Peyton and uh, Obama, Tiger, and uh, I think it was Jordan that played together. That's a good. That's a great foursome. And uh, I don't know if I can say this, but Tiger, uh, I asked, uh, I said, uh, Peyton, how'd you get in this group? And Tiger says he's the token white guy. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Who's got who's got the better handicap? Is it Peyton or Tom? I, I thought it would. I, I understood or I read somewhere that Peyton has like a six handicap. Tom is about an eight. They're probably per- fairly close. Peyton, uh, I know he plays. He plays a lot of Cherry Hills, and uh, he's a good player. But he he comes out the medalist. He's probably played ten times out there. Hmm. Don't know if Brady is. You know, Brady's probably one of the greatest competitors ever to uh, play any sport, and yeah, he'll, he'll find a way to succeed. Let me ask you this. In regard to the strategy here, the front nine is best ball. The back nine is going to be alternate shots. Oh, and and I, I really, I, I think the back nine is where this tournament is going to be won. 
kind of share with us exactly what you think the strategy and, and how that strategy will play out in the back nine at your golf course. Well, uh, probably they're better off with uh, either Peyton and, and Tom hitting the, the tee balls because they're going to play from a, a forward tee and let uh, Tiger and Phil get the shots into the green. Because we're, uh, I mean, there's probably on the back nine, there's there's one, two, three, four, four par fours and uh, where they're going to hit a long iron into. And I don't see uh, Brady and, uh, and Peyton being able to handle that. So I think they're better off them hitting the tee ball and then Tiger and Phil hitting the second shot in. So the importance of being more accurate and straight off the tee as opposed to being long, I, I think is, is going to play into that, don't you think? It has something to do with it. More importantly, uh, it's a second – I mean, Mendels is a second-shot golf course. And it's just the, the hitting the second shots into the green because if you're a little bit off, right, left, short, or long, uh, the ball kicks because there's a lot of slope, so it kicks uh, – Way away, so it makes it tough. So you're hitting little pit shots of a really tight lies. Fantastic. Guys, any last questions for Mike before we let him go? Mike, who's your money on? Who do you think is going to pull out and win? Tiger. Yeah, I'd second that. I mean, uh, he, I mean, the Tiger tees are called that because he designed, he, he designed and put them in there. He played, he's played that golf course probably as many, as many times as anybody. And, uh, He's got his pockets bulging with cash from all the other guys from playing that golf course. <laughs> are there are there any holes that you feel Phil and Tom could take that knowing Phil's game, what are what are, are there any holes that stand out to you that you feel that Phil will have an advantage on? Well, Phil's one of the greatest wedge players ever to play the game, okay? And the fact that he's a great wedge player, uh, on that front nine when he's hitting it, uh, the uh, third hole, the par five, when he starts pitching around the green, he's, he's going to get it up and down. The fifth hole, they're playing one club, so that takes away six holes, long, hard pull. Hole. Seventh hole is another birdie hole. He can move uh, three, seven, okay, and then they're, uh, they play um, with alternate shot on the back nine. I say Phil's chances of winning are on three and seven. Three and seven. Okay. Yeah. All right. Fantastic. Great stuff. Mike, thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate your time. Um, again, AKA swing doctor, (laughs) Mike, we all need you. I next time I come down to Florida, I'll, I'll I'll hit you up. Well, I'm up in New Jersey too. I'm at a place called Fiddler's Elbow and I teach there all, all summer. Oh, fantastic. John, we, we, we should go. Let's the three of us, let's go, let's go make a, make a, have a visit. The four of us, let's go have a visit. (laughs) And we, Mike loves wine. Ooh. Yes. <laughs> All right. Professional wine drinker. This this is not Coca Cola. <laughs> I love it. I'm I'm in I'm into uh, Chateau du Pops right now. You Are have, you really? Yeah. Do you have a Chateau du Pop recommendation for me during uh, this uh, pandemic? It's which all we, good. Which we're all drinking a lot more. I'm. Well, I, I was told that you know most. Most of uh, most of uh, the housewives coming out of this pandemic are going to Jenny Craig and to uh, Betty Ford. The guys are just going straight to Betty Ford. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're cute. All right, Mike. Thank you again. Enjoy Sunday. It's going to be a great time, and everybody's going to be watching.
It'll be fun. You take care and thanks for having me on. Oh, thank you so much. Again, Mike Adams joining us on the podcast, uh, Director of Instruction at Medalist, where it'll all be played on Sunday. So uh, we go from Mike to David Berman. He joins us. David, I know you haven't met um, John Muscari. He's the head pro at Alpine Country Club. Um, and Christina Thompson, she is uh, one of my dearest friends. Not that John isn't one of my dearest friends. He is as well. But uh, Christina also owns Golf for Her, um, which you can purchase uh, clothing and all kinds of fun apparel and all kinds of great stuff online and uh and also has a shop in denville new jersey so and david um is a rock star for esp and he oversees our chalk website as well as um our content on for daily wager and is our liaison with vegas and caesars so david pretty much does it all and he's from miami so we're both from the 305 and he's an avid golfer so david welcome into the podcast Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, anybody who's friends with Anita is friends with me. So hello Aww. to the uh, hello to the others on there, and and I keep my my golf and my marriage separate. So as much as I would love to buy all of the hers golf stuff, she doesn't golf for good reason. Um, but should she find the need to buy some golf stuff, now I know where to go. Well, you also, I mean, but Christina, you do sell men's stuff too, right? Yeah, we do. We have a lot of stuff that's that's unisex, actually. So a lot of sun protection, sunscreen, shoes. Some, uh, there's a, there's quite a few stuff on there. That's, you know, it's Father's Day coming up too. So there you go. I, I think my wife. This is probably the first time in 17 years I've known her. We're Father's Day gift, and I've only been a father for six years. But I think she pretty much knows what I want this year. And Anita and I talked about this the last time I was on. There's a certain quarterback that was just drafted by my Miami Dolphins, and he's wearing the number one. So if that jersey somewhat shows up in my uh, my mailbox in the middle of June, I wouldn't be surprised. I love it. All right, well, let's let's dive into I wanted to have you on the podcast so we can talk about how we can all make some money. First and foremost, before we start looking forward to Friday, let's look, I mean, to Sunday, let, let's look back to this past Sunday. How did Vegas do? Uh, what were some of the reports out of Vegas in regard to the tailor-made skins match that we watched? Sure. I think it depends on, on what, where you were and where you betted. Obviously, the, the Vegas books in general aren't going to do great because there's no walk-up betting and you have to have the app and all that stuff. They did do well. Let's, let's just not, you know, it's not mince words here. They did well because there was action to bet on. So their volume was naturally higher because of the preceding weeks, there was not much to bet on. But other places like FanDuel and DraftKings reportedly did, you know, the, the, the books that are more reliant on online betting and apps and stuff like that, they did extremely well. FanDuel said that the match between Rory and Dustin and Ricky and Wolf did approximately double of what a normal PGA Tour event would have done on a weekend. So just putting that in perspective, you have your weekly PGA event, and this did double that type of handle. And that's just incredible to think, of course, there's not a lot of things to bet on. Uh, besides the golf, it was NASCAR and, I guess, Russian ping pong, if you're into that. But, you know, on a normal weekend with PGA, you have NBA, you have NFL, you have college football, depending on what time of year it is. There's so many other appetites out there. I can see why it did well. And, you know, the handle in Vegas is going to be different because it's brick and mortar and not as, you know, you can't go into the casinos yet. So that didn't do as well as the, 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 the books that have the online apps. But it did do business across the board because of the fact that there was finally something to bet on that was played on your television or raced like the the, uh, the NASCAR race. Both of them did extremely well last weekend. All right, um, let's let's talk about this coming Sunday again. The match two, we know Tiger and Phil. We just heard 
uh, from the pro at medalist. And I mean, it's just, and Christina, you asked him, who do you have? He said, tiger. He didn't even say tiger and Peyton. He just said tiger. I mean, just in listening to him for the 10 minutes that he was on David, it just seems like tiger owns this course, but the juice is a lot. Um, to bet on the underdog, and that's Phil and Tommy Boy, as I like to call him. That's plus 175. To bet on Tiger Woods and Peyton, it's minus 200. So, um, you know, where, where are you hearing the money's flowing right now? I wrote about it today in the column that, that is on ESPN Shock that Anita and Chris DeBear, Felica, and myself put together. If it was just straight up, I'd, I'd probably lean Tiger and you know, Tiger and, and uh, Peyton for all intents and purposes. I've, I've heard that Peyton is the better golfer than than Tom, and we know Tiger versus Phil where that usually lands. But you're like you said, it's minus two hundred and plus one seventy. And I look at it, and I know Felica did the same type of analysis. Is when it comes to events like this, as much as the whole world was watching, and you would think, you know, the whole world's watching, so Tiger's on his stage. For the most part, these are the events that Phil shines in. We saw it with Tiger, Phil won. Phil loves this type of stuff where it can be just back and forth, BSing with each other the entire day. You're on TV. It's just them out there having, you know, just some fun. And it's not a major. And that's where Tiger steps it up in these big events. I'm not saying he's not going to win because this Tiger is pretty much his home course and he owns the course. But it's also a course that, that the short game is going to be very, very important. I believe Mike was alluding to that on a couple of holes. I, I caught the tail end of that when you guys were taping that if Phil goes out there and wants to just have some fun and play this event like it's the Super Bowl, which he's known to do. This isn't the Masters, but Tiger's on the other side. And then even though Brady over Manning historically has gone one way that has absolutely nothing to do with this golf event, but you hear the things like he's going to bring his six Super Bowl rings and all this fun stuff. With getting close to two-to-one odds, I like to take the dog in situations like this. Pure talent, of course I would take Tiger and Peyton. I think that's a non-starter, which is why they're minus 200. As far as the money is concerned, from, from the books that I've talked about, there's been more bets on Phil and Brady. And, you know, you'd have to interview every single better to find out the reasons. But just my intuition would tell you, one, you're getting value at plus 170 with somebody who tends to like these events more. And there's just a crap ton of Tom Brady fans out there in this world. So there are some people who will just blindly bet Tom Brady to win everything. And they've been successful in life doing that. And so I think a lot of the money is going to be on the underdog, but it wouldn't surprise me at all if, you know, Tiger goes out there and Peyton's the better golfer than him and Tom. And it, the setup is going to make it a little bit harder to handicap, but you got nine holes of one side and nine holes of the other. I'm not a, obviously as familiar with the course as Mike was, and you might be. Uh, all I know is there's going to be really, really good golf with four Hall of Famers on my TV on Sunday. One of the things I find interesting, Dave, is like, I don't know – if it was straight up, like you said, Tiger, Phil, Tiger's home course, I'm taking him. I don't know if we, we actually understand what kind of Tiger we're going to get. I mean, he's been off for a long time. Obviously, the work stoppage has not been good for him, and he was so fatigued at the end of last season. Do you think some of the money is just going the other way because it's a roll of the dice for Tiger? You might not might get the Masters champ. You might get uh, – you really don't know with Tiger. For for the last five years, you've gotten nothing out of him, and then he shows up and wins a tour championship, wins a Masters. All of a sudden, he's you know king king Tiger again, and then he does nothing the rest of the year. So the results that you're watching from Tiger since he won his Masters have not been promising. Obviously, he didn't get a lot of work in. He's been injured again. Yada yada yada. Nobody has. That's what's fascinating about this event is nobody has any idea how any of them have been practicing. Any of them have been playing. 
But if you just look at the totality of it and you add the plus 170, I can't measure heart and I can't measure motivations. But at the history of what Tiger fights for and what Phil fights for, this is a made-for-Phil event, not a made-for-Tiger event. Um, I, I just I want to throw out because well let me preface by saying um, I, I'm with you. The juice is just a lot. Like I, I truly believe Woods and, and Peyton are going to win this, but minus 200 is a lot. So how can how can we watch this? We being golf fans and just people in general because there's nothing else to watch, right? Um, and 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 make some wise bets on the underdogs. And try to make some money. And that, I, I think that there's some prop bets out there that can be a lot of fun. Like, um, you know, Mike just said that he has his, he thinks that, that the third hole, par five, is a really good hole for Phil. Well, you, you could wager on that, mm-hmm. um, that Phil wins the hole number three for plus 200. Phil and Tom to win hole number three, plus 200. Um, I, think, I think one of the things that opened up a lot of the world to sports betting in general, obviously PASPA getting overturned and the legality state by state, but Tiger versus Phil part one, if you were watching it and you saw all the bets that were made on in between holes and what the guys did on the course. And the fact that if you had a certain MGM app, you could actually live bet it. That's not something you're used to seeing in, in America. And now it's becoming obviously a whole nother year of football and live betting has become more, more prominent. And I think the prop betting and the in-game live match betting is somewhere where you can make money. If you know the course like Mike does, third hole, seventh hole, or fill holes, which hole are tiger holes, which holes are Peyton holes, et cetera, et cetera. One prop that Anita that stuck out to me, I was looking at it just before uh, the show is because of like, like we all agree that it should be a tiger Peyton win, but the 170 gives the advantage to the dog with the value. So why don't you take a prop that neither side's going to have more than a two-up advantage? I really, really like that one because I think it's going to be a close match either way. I, you know, it is a made-for-TV event. It should go down to the end. You know, I don't think we're going to get as lucky as we got last year where they went bonus extra holes and they were basically doing a, a shootout from the driving range, which was just spectacular. But I think if you, you take something like neither squad – will have more than a two-up lead is something that I'm leaning towards taking because uh, let's call it what it is. I see it being a very close, fun match, and it shouldn't be a blowout. Yeah, I want to say that I want to say that line is plus 138, by the way, David. Yeah, and that's, that's, that's not high juice for me. I would, I would lay the 138 just to have a close match, and that's basically what it's telling you. And then the thing with, the, with it not being more than two-up is you, you're pretty much in it the entire way unless someone wins the first couple of holes and then you're screwed. But to be able to have that action on the, I don't think either one had more than a two shot lead last time around either. So just to kind of give you an idea of some of the stuff that I already, I already have some, some money on right now. And that is I have Phil and Tom up after the first three holes. Cause I, I, I do believe just based on what you said, David and Phil's aggressiveness um, and, and how, you know, he loves playing in these events. I could see them going up on hole number one. And then what Mike said about hole number three. So let's say Phil and, and Tom are up 2-1 after the first three holes. That's plus 200. Um, nearest to the hole on hole four and eight. Um, I, have, uh, I have Tiger on hole four nearest to the, nearest to the pin. Um, also, I have Phil. Phil is a longer driver than, uh, than, than Tiger. So I have Phil winning the majority of the par fives. That's plus 120. Um, 
just, I mean, just to name a few, I'm just, and I share those just to say that, you know, there, there's, there's going to be a lot of fun ways to watch this and wager on this come Sunday. I think this is going to be a fun watch where you have four Hall of Famers out there. You're going to have them needling each other on every hole. They're going to be mic'd up. And the fact that you can bet hole by hole where even, you know, 18 months ago with Tiger Phil Part 1, they not many sportsbook had availability to do live betting, and now they do. So if you can take a hole here, a hole there, maybe you're watching and you don't like the way Tiger's driving or Phil's driving, so the next hole you, you take longest drive because you don't think the other guy's going to hit the fairway or it's a dog leg left or dog leg right. There's so many things you can do. And down the line, I've been asked this numerous times over the years when it comes to um, live tracking and live betting. I think golf is going to be just as important as any sport out there with the live wagering because everything is tracked. You have distances. You have the whole greens are mapped out. They tell you right on TV what the percent chances are. The guy's going to hit the putt. You have the the, goats, uh, the strokes gained metrics. There's so much out there that you can measure, and that's, that is the basis and the bread and butter of live betting. If there is metrics and if there is tracking, there's wagering, and that's what makes golf a lot of fun. And it's a very, very underrated betting sport that I think at some point when we come back from the virus and all, and maybe this time around it's a summer where there's nothing else going on except for golf, people will catch on to how much fun it is to bet it. Maybe it'll be a little bit different in the fall. All right, guys, some final thoughts as uh, we sign off from the podcast, and we look forward, of course, to Sunday. Christina, let's start with you. Final thoughts. I'm just, I'm just ready for this weekend and to watch some golf and um, feel a little bit more normal than it has been the last uh, few weeks here in New Jersey. So, John, because you're so busy managing Alpine Country Club, I know you didn't get to watch the Skins match last Sunday. Are you at least going to be able to watch this 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 coming Sunday? Yeah, we're gonna actually we're gonna actually put a TV outside by the first tee, so as people are coming around, they can kind of check up and see how things are going. Uh, I'm excited to watch this. I'm excited that golf is back in New Jersey. We're playing foursomes. I hear only about the betting on the first tee at the club, so it's good to kind of have some juice flowing for this as well on my end. It should be fun, and um, we're almost there. We're getting there, so it's, it's really good. David? If I'm not out making my second golf round of the year on Sunday, I'll be glued to the TV and teaching my son, who's now six years old, a little bit about what hold the whole golf watching is all about. I'm excited that it's on. It's funny that I said that I'm going to, I'm picking Phil and I'm picking Tom and I don't like either one of them. I'm more of a tiger guy. And obviously as a dolphin fan, there's not one part of me that likes Tom Brady, but value <laughs> is value. Heart is hard. And it's one of those situations where maybe I'll be wrong and the right guys will win. But if the wrong guys win, at least I'll get paid for it. Yeah. You can't, can't deflate a golf ball. So that's that true. Ow. Ow. Okay. Okay. Oh, and one more thing. If you want uh, all the co- all the golf content you want, go to www.espn.com backslash chalk or dbearman, B-E-A-R-M-A-N, ESPN. There's tons of golf stuff on there. There we go. Guys, so happy that you guys are uh, healthy and safe. Fun golf podcast, getting everybody ready for Sunday. Uh, David, thank you so much for joining us. I really do appreciate it. Thanks for having me on anytime. All right, you guys. Enjoy Sunday.